Welcome to the five of us. We are five outspoken women with close to 150 years of experience as broadcast journalists. We left our jobs on the very same day and we are dedicated to helping women avoid the many pitfalls common to the workplace. We've heard from hundreds of people recounting tales of woe on the job, and we have done the research, we're putting it all in a book, and we are here to help. I'm Roma Tori, and along with Kristen Shaughnessy, Janine Ramirez, Vivian Lee, and Amanda Farinacci, we are the five of us. Hi, everyone. We're glad you're with us or listening to us. The five of us talk in some form almost every day, um, if not every day, and we often send each other articles, posts, tweets, just things that interest us. Um, so we thought on this podcast we would just each select a topic that we were interested in and we're going to discuss it more at length. So we're going to start with you, Vivian. The five of us, our ages have been very well documented in recent years. <laughs> so, so this may uh, come as no surprise to people that this would be interesting to you. A lot of people are very reluctant to talk about their age, men and women. Right. Right? Right. But some people are not, and we embrace that. Yes. And you have found? Oh, umpteen examples of women, especially, who are tired of what they were socialized with, which was never divulge your age. Mm -hmm. um, but now with social media, I'm seeing so many more age positive um, exclamations, people owning their age. I mean, I'm 48, turning 49 later this year. <laughs> I'm, it, it's very empowering to be able to say, I've lived my life. I'm showing it. Um, I'm, I want to age gracefully. I mean, I want to take care of myself. I want to be healthy and not just look healthy. But also, I want to start to kind of take off the chains of what age means, especially for women, because it's a very, it's a very limiting step. Um, you know, the, the, we've all been living with um, throughout our careers, this idea that men age like fine wine, but women, you know, are, what, what was the saying that you said, Roma, once? What? It was gravitas. Gravitas, yeah. Okay. Men have gravitas, yeah. but women. I said that. Yes. Women don't. <laughs> men age like a fine Sounds wine. So smart. <laughs> men age like a fine wine, but women don't. I, I mean, yeah. th this, this idea that women get worse as they age is just total BS, I or think. That, so. Or that commercial. Um, uh, age is just a number, but mine's unlisted. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> what? I'm so so my mom stopped with age is just a number, and that's how I was raised. Like she's like, who cares? As long yeah. as you're, you know, able and healthy, yeah, and that's what's important. But yeah. it also depends on what you're raised with. Well, I mean, it, it also when Don Lemon said his famous <laughs> like woman is is past her prime. Nikki yeah. Haley was past her prime because she was in his fifties. Meanwhile, he's like basically the same age and doesn't see that. Um, he's talking about a double standard that he's benefiting from. Nice. Uh, it, it called to mind like how I had been raised not to divulge my age. So if anybody needs inspiration for um, how to start to do this, all you have to do is look at some of the celebrities who, you know, granted they've got the status, they have the money, they have the mm -hmm. leisure time, and mm -hmm. possibly <laughs> maybe staff to help raise their families to, so that they can focus on their well-being. But I mean, just to list a couple of examples of women who are looking great as they get grayer and as they age they're showing their wrinkles andy mcdowell is a perfect example she's yeah. beautiful she's been reported as saying that you know one time a reporter asked her how do you feel about losing your beauty and she retorted i'm not losing my beauty i'm gaining a different kind of beauty yeah, and she shows her wrinkles and her gray hair and she's Bravo. got this massive crown of mercury colored mm -hmm. curls that I absolutely adore. Kate Winslet, when she won her Emmy for her role in Mayor of Easttown, which happened to also be um, an Emmy uh, season that um, recognized other women who were between the ages of 45 and 70, she said that her character was a middle-aged, imperfect, flawed mother 
who made us all feel validated. Mm. So in other words, I am playing someone and being recognized for playing someone who is living an older life, is gaining experience, is learning as she goes, and kind of reflects what we all are going through, which is like everyday life. Let me ask you this. And that was was she show. playing mm -hmm. an older woman compared to what, like was she cast as an older woman or wasn't? She was, yeah. yeah. Cause she, anyone give an older woman the role? Probably. I mean, she's a great actress. I'm not right. saying that, but it's no, possibly but how irony is she? Is. Because the woman in the, her character was about, I think her same age. Oh, she yeah, was. That's I what she's, she's, yeah. in her, okay. she's in her middle, okay. she's middle-aged. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, the, her, character, her character was the same. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But usually actresses in their forties end up playing the mother of men in their 40s. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Or, or younger actresses are then dressed up to look older, yes, right. which is very strange. And then, of course, there's Michelle Yeoh's famous statement when she looks straight into the camera and said, uh, d women, don't let anyone tell you that you're yeah. past your prime. And that was a direct yeah. response to Don Lemon's comment when he was the right. uh, former CNN morning show anchor. And I thought that was incredibly empowering because she herself has had a very longstanding career um, and she won for everything, everywhere, all at once. And then my last example is Paulina Portskova, who has this long running Instagram album. Actually, she's got um, several um, uh, social media platforms, but she shows her age with her makeup off too. So she's like really, mm -hmm. you know, putting it all out there. Well, and she's of course, a former supermodel. She is too, a former so. supermodel, but this puts her like into like yeah. supernova mm -hmm. status for me because I she's agree. willing to do that on a regular basis. Yeah. And she's still wearing bikinis and stuff, right? Yeah, she's like, fabulous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She's she, great she used to be on Sports Illustrated, a lot of, right? And now she's still like, yeah, this yeah. is still me. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. But there aren't a lot of supermodels from her era, right? The mm -hmm. late 80s into early 90s that are doing that. Mm -hmm. Linda Evangelista famously went through. Um, some oh, right, some yeah. cosmetic surgery, oh yeah. yeah. disfiguring her, at a disfigurement all. because yeah. she. I mean, she was yeah. obviously responding to the stress and the pressure of having yeah. to look like she did what twenty years ago, which yeah. nobody can do. So, yeah. anyway, I, that's that's all to say that there are many of examples of many examples of inspiration and uh, role models out there for aging well. I recently watched this Netflix or it was on Hulu about Victoria's Secret. I think it's Demons and Devils or something. It's about the Victoria's Secret show and really how it met its demise because they were the men at the top weren't listening to the women mm. and they missed the cultural shift and they were trying to like just really make it as sexy as possible and to the point where the women were like I'd have to I'd go home and cry and and whatnot and they didn't listen to the women. So I, I recommend people watch that. There was also ties to Jeffrey Epstein in there. It's, it's a good watch, but it's along the lines of what you're talking wow. about. Wow. Speaking of social media, that's your topic that you want to talk about. We've had a couple podcast discussions where we've, we've talked about the pressure that it puts on, especially when you have young kids. Yeah, it's hard. Um, you scroll through, we tell people it's not good for you. The Surgeon General has said, teenagers, it's not good for you. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't see anybody putting their phones away. I don't see anybody really without making a deliberate choice, um, like, you know, taking a break. But in that vein, I do think that on the flip side of that, there is space to find, um, you know, different groups and posts and content and education about, like, positive mental health. And I think that's, like, for me, an important thing to sort of temper some of what you see, right, to just give, get you in a good place. So um, there's a couple that I, like now that I, you know how when you click on something then something else comes up and something else You're is now like, the algorithm. telling me <laughs> that I need mental health help. <laughs> but like on a serious note, like there are many topics that come up that I think 
just are really important for people to um, to see and to think about and to have conversations. There's one um, that I highlighted, positive thoughts can change the structure of your brain. Similar to how physical exercise gradually changes the body, positive brain workouts help form new neural pathways and can disrupt negative thinking patterns, mm -hmm. which I think is just very cool because it's it's this whole link, like if you guys know, you know me pretty well, I'm a big mind-body person, mm -hmm. right? Like what you tell yourself in your head will somehow manifest in your body. So it's very important to think about what you're thinking about and what you're telling yourself. And you just um, did the marathon, yes. right? Yes, so right, your right. Body but it, right, and it's, but, but really, what is running a marathon? It's a physical thing that's driven by your mental ability to tell yourself you can actually do it mm -hmm. because 13 miles is not fun, mm -hmm. but like, what are you telling yourself the whole way, right? A year like, after major cancer surgery, yes. we should say, as yes. well. So, yes. bravo. So, yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. thank you. Um, another one I like is people will love you, people will hate you, and none of it will have anything to do with you. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just thinking, like, just because we, we spend so much time, like, all of this, these issues are based on things that catch our eye, but where do they catch our eye? On social media, mm -hmm. right? So, like, sometimes I think it's healthy to take a deep dive into something else that will... Um, you know, just get you thinking about things in a different way that perhaps will just take some of the negativity about. Because, like, it, it really is very hard, especially, like, I have young kids, and um, there's a lot out there that makes that's designed to make you feel less than. And mm -hmm. I think that that gets really hard in, in ways that you notice and ways that you don't, right? Like, it pops up in your life where you're, you may not even be really conscious of all the things that have become part of you because of what you've seen on social media. One person that I think is interesting to follow is Kristen Bell. She's, mm -hmm. um, yeah. right, yeah. She, mm -hmm. she does, uh, what was it, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, that ridiculous yeah. movie that I love. Um, <laughs> but she, she has openly talked about her struggles with mental health, and now she you know, gets um, on her social media. Her husband is a recovering alcoholic, whatever his name Dex is, Dex Shepard. Yeah, yeah um, but they're interesting because you know, I'm all about my, my purpose for for social media is and and for you know just generally it's just like people talking about real stuff mm -hmm. and like talking about it in a real way right like your point about aging right like put the post up there what people actually look like and what people are actually talking about um, and I think those are I think those accounts are good Kristen Bell I think now has like a some kind of contract with like a mental health yeah. Um, I've seen commercials like that. You, you'll see her where she's like, "How are we feeling today?" And then she's obviously in, in out of sorts. And then she said, "We've tried this, 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 and this." And you see like her body pop up in several different ways where she's like, "I went for the run. I, I took my journal out. Whatever." Sometimes you just need a minute to talk to people. Whatever. Um, all of this to say, my my mental health is fine, <laughs> but I am a promoter of of um, you know just the idea that what you think matters and and what you tell yourself matters. And I think that. That there's a space for that, and there's definitely conversation from that that can, on balance, um, be a, a helpful helpful to people who who do spend a lot of time on social media. I amazing. love that because yeah. as moms, you know, mm -hmm. we've also talked about in previous episodes about the the social media momfluencer, who you know adds stress to us. But I find that I'm much more geared than my husband to thinking about all the things that can go wrong. Like as my kids run down the street or as they zip line, you know, at a birthday party. Or I, I'm, I've been geared that way for several years now and now I'm finding that I'm not thinking about the great things that could come out of this experience mm -hmm. as much, right? right? Mm -hmm. I have to relax maybe, it takes maybe an hour or two to relax before I realize, oh, things. this is really going great. But I don't <laughs> enjoy the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And then I yeah. enjoy the moment. But how much more powerful would it be if I didn't have the negative obstacles kind of right. jumping up in front of me and me seeing them as hurdles that I have to get through from the get-go? Right. Mm -hmm. right. And it, it does take some practice. Yeah. No, and yeah. but it's worth it. It's a worthwhile. I mean, I just speak from my own experience. I think that... 
you can get through anything if you if you have the right headset. I think you need that. And it's hard to tune out the negatives sometimes, right? Like you could have 100 people say wonderful things and one person say something nasty. <laughs> yeah. And you remember that one thing. Yeah. And it's like, why does your brain do that, yeah. right? Like you have to train yourself. And social media is really good with the negatives. Yeah. Right? That's, yeah. that's part yeah. of the problem. All right, let's go to you, Janine. Well, also for activism, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, social media is actually very good for activism. And so I've been fa following Amanda Gorman's posts. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, she's the young American poet and activist who's, whose work uh, focuses on oppression, feminism, racism. Uh, and she really rose to fame during the uh, Joe Biden inauguration uh, where she gave, a, you know, a poetry reading Incredible. back in 2021. And she has been posting, and she's done this a couple times, the same post, um, saying one parent could get my poetry banned from classrooms, and yet one country can't ban assault rifles from massacring them. Mm. So, of course, she's referring to her book, The Hill We Climb, which has been banned from Florida uh, elementary school kids. Um, there was For being one too woke? I guess for being too, like, I guess that would, that's the reason, you know, like, um, because, right, so they said it was, wasn't appropriate for the elementary school level. They moved it up to the, the middle school level. Um, and, you know, this is the book that she did recite during the inauguration. And um, it was a parent from Miami-Dade County who said it wasn't appropriate for her, this elementary school. And, and they just kind of went with it. And I, so I think it was because the complaint was that it encouraged violence or something. I mean, it was the most ridiculous thing. Because, I mean, she's, she's an activist, right. but she encourages she's you know, a peace peaceful peace change. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. Had the woman who asked for it to be banned read it? I well, I she complained. She, she <laughs> compl Sometimes that happens, right? Yeah, that, that is a that good question. She complained yeah. that it caused um, that it caused like confusion for okay. like younger generation, and that it indoctrinated students. She does talk about being a descendant of a slave, mm -hmm. so. Well, too woke it would makes probably, them uncomfortable. It's probably right. It makes them uncomfortable. It's probably like um, the the argument that she's using here. Yeah. Um, and but Amanda Gorman is now trying to use her social media platform to help fight censorship. And so she has teamed up with, uh, she's, she helped with fundraising efforts now. She's helping with fundraising efforts for the platform Pen America, which is a free speech organization mm -hmm. um, to fight, uh, you know, banning books and censorship. And there's also a lawsuit pending too. Mm -hmm. Penguin Random House is, is the publisher of her book. So they're in a lawsuit too about the ban. Um, and, you know, obviously the gun issue is like a, is a big issue as well, right? Because this is like, you could ban books, but you can't ban mm -hmm. guns. Uh, and you yeah. could, That's what I'm saying. So it's like a larger issue here, but the fact is that she's using her platform now to raise the issue to kind of help the fight against censorship and banning and raising the gun issue at the same time. Yeah, that's great. I mean, because it's forcing conversations, right? I, I you know, I, you can, we can go on and on about the gun debate and everybody has different opinions about that. But, you know, I think the big thing is people just sort of want to limit, like I'm for gun ownership, but you don't need assault rifles that can, you know, that you use in war. I don't think that is necessary. But the same people who want, don't want to ban those, want to ban the books. Like, so I don't, I don't understand that. You either want government in your life or out of your life, but. Right, and, the, and the, they always want it both ways. That right. argument does not. Or like, gov you know, government can't ban my, my rifles, but they could ban abortions. Mm -hmm. Like just, yeah. right. it's not, right, it's not uniform, like some yeah. of the decisions. I mean, and, so, and so social media obviously has a lot of this and people to get very political on, yeah. on social media. I love but, that. She's basically saying, stay and fight, like fight for Florida. 
Um, meanwhile, Governor DeSantis said, you know, all of you who don't like what we're doing with our leave. war on woke, you can leave. Yeah. Like, where where is the American patriotism there? I, I, and, it, I do wish now we they were, have an unemployment problem. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I do wish we were at a point where we could have these conversations without someone saying, just because you don't share my opinion. Yeah. And, and don't shout me down because I don't share your opinion. Um, we all have different opinions at this table, but we all have conversations. Mm -hmm. So I... I think we have to get back to that. There used to be a bipartisanship in this country where you could have bipartisan bills, they could actually get passed, and not to get into politics, whatever, but yeah. that, it's just too shout, it's shouting each yeah. other down. It's ridiculous on both sides. I'd like, you know me, I, all politicians, I feel like enough, you know, you're just pandering and uh, to get something done. So. I, I love the way people like Amanda Gorman are handling these mm -hmm. things because yeah. she has, in essence, been attacked. And so she's turned that into a, a mission, a crusade, if you will. And a platform. To try to, <laughs> right, to, yeah. to try to, you know, do away with, the, you know, that type of um, uh, attack on woke or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. To offer people the opportunity to maintain their free speech. And, you know, it happened similarly. I was just reading a case about a meteorologist in Iowa who always oh. talked about climate change in his oh. uh, weather mm -hmm. forecast, yeah. right? And he just quit because he couldn't take the threats anymore from folks, you know... Who don't believe in climate change. Who, yes, were you know, complaining that there is no climate change, mm -hmm. right? And so he, he's decided he's quitting his job, but now he's focused full-time on dealing with climate change and, you know, trying to, you know, reverse the effects, you know, in whatever way he can, which is good. I mean, you, you're, you're taking what you know could be a very divisive situation or what is a divisive mm -hmm. situation which is and, crazy that's and, even divisive yeah, and it's, <laughs> but you're, you're making it work for right. you for the betterment of uh, humankind i think that's wonderful yeah really wonderful we're going to move to you rome uh -huh. the future of work in america <laughs> future of work in america so um in a previous episode i had you know talked about uh, us you know being at a sort of at a turning point in terms of how we regard work in, in this country. And I've always been fascinated by how much and how quickly our attitudes have changed about the workplace. And it, for the most part, it, um, recently, it's been triggered by the pandemic. And it has you know, forced people to reassess um, mm -hmm. how they feel uh, about you know, going to work. And it's mostly been motivated by um, this whole notion of work-life balance, which I think was... Work, I, I never heard of work-life balance until, what, like three <laughs> mm -hmm. years ago, but suddenly that's the mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. So I was always wondering... there was no work-life balance. <laughs> yeah, right. We, it didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. We worked. just took it yeah. as it came. Yeah. So um, I have been, you know, looking at predictions based on, you know, what is our future um, when we go to work? Mm -hmm. And uh, I can't say I'm surprised, but the changes that have been predicted are pretty extreme. Mm. And so the, the first one I looked at is a four-day work week. Um, we are headed for a four-day work mm -hmm. week, and there have been a number of uh, surveys that came out, and, and for the most part, the majority of people who were surveyed said, yes, they love the idea, mm -hmm. even if it means that during those each of those four days they have to work maybe an extra two hours, yeah. you know, for the, Ten to 12 the hour same days productivity. Or whatever. Is that yeah. in every sector? Because I could see white-collar jobs 
um, white collar Good workers question. saying that yeah. more than the retail industry. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, it, and the it, retail industry probably needs it more. It's right. all that they have to deal with, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, well, anyway, back to that. It has been experimented in other countries, and uh, which one is it? I think it's uh, oh, Belgium is the first country to legislate a four-day work week, um, and now it's like mandatory, and they have to, you know, is make it working? It work. It is. It's okay. very, very successful. They say there's a lot more productivity. Um, and then they go by this model. It's a, they call it the 180-100 model. And so it's 100% of the pay of the salary, 80% of the time at mm -hmm. work, and 100% of productivity. So um, a lot of people who are in Belgium seem to think that they can do get just as much accomplished uh, working the four days with their usual hours mm -hmm. than they would working the five days with those same hours. So. There is a lot of wasted time in, in a workplace. If you look around and see people like just hanging out and talking and stuff when you're trying to work or, or whatever, there is a lot. Like if you eliminate that and you say, I'm going to have three days off, but I got to work yeah. and get this done, I could see it really working. Yeah. I mean, and it's, I mean, it's helped no with mental health <laughs> as well, you know, to have yeah. um, a three day weekend as opposed to mm -hmm. two. Because a lot of people say, you know, it, you decompress on Saturday, and then all day Sunday you get you, you get ready for the you work next day <laughs> Monday. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you get, get up, sleep, and all yeah. that stuff. So then there was a survey by um, a cloud software vendor called um, what is it? I, Qual, Qualtrics. Okay, ninety-two percent of uh, workers in the United States say they're all for a four-day work week. Work week, and about um, three quarters of them said um, they could get just as much work done, mm -hmm. although. That same three quarters said it likely would mean that they'd have to work longer hours for the four days, which they said they were okay with. Then there was a website that analyzed work-life data, and here's their predictions for what we can expect. Um, what we're in 2023, so seven years hence, in okay. 20 in the year 2030, they they say this one is amazing. 85% of the jobs that will be existing in the United States in the year 2030 will not have existed in 2020. Mm -hmm. So 10 years prior, 80%, 85% of oh all the jobs. Wow. And that because, I mean, think about Scary it. Scary and exciting at the same time. AI, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, all automation, mm -hmm, everything right. has changed, right? And so maybe you, you might have a job in a factory, but most of it is going to be done by robots. So you have uh, different responsibilities. Well, I'm okay. shopping for a car right now. And oh. they said future of cars, no AM radio. Oh, yeah, I heard that. Oh, it's just all going to go. Yeah, it's yeah. just not going to, no cars in the future. Meaning the models that you're looking at don't even have an AM dial? There's going to be no AM dial. Which wow. means all the people who work in AM radio are out of a yeah, job. Exactly. SOL. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's, mm -hmm. that's, oh, yeah, I was kind of shocked. I'm like, ooh, we, I know a lot of people who work in AM yeah, radio. What yeah. happens to their jobs? Okay. But I know like 1010 Winds, which is our mm -hmm. old news station in, in New York City on AM, has now now has an FM, FM. Mm -hmm. yeah, location. Yeah, their FM is actually doing really, really, really well. Yeah, they switched. Really well. Well, they're going to have to yeah. because AM is disappearing. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you know. And even my daughter in her 20s is listening to it. She's, yeah. like, oh, good. Into, yeah. she's into the news, finally. <laughs> yeah. I did something right. <laughs> Way to go, Allegra. Um, all right, so Wait, I'm just going to give you a couple more because it's just, uh, okay, 65% of women say the pandemic made them rethink um, their place, the place that work has in their lives. That, I mean, that goes without saying, mm -hmm. right? Um, oh, now here's another one. 37% uh, by the year 2030, 37% of Americans will be working remote. Hmm. And that, you know what, that's kind of interesting considering that at the height of the pandemic, half of um, Americans are working remote. So, I mean, it hasn't changed that much. Um, 
And by the year 2030, half of the entire workforce in the United States will be freelance. Freelance. Now, isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. be you know, especially because, you know, think about it. Why do most people want to work full time? Benefits. Because benefits. of the benefits, right? But the benefits are disappearing. Benefits are mm -hmm. gone. And workplace, and, and then there was another. I remember when Jamie, my oldest, said, well, every job comes with a pension. I said, not. Oh, no. Oh, most <laughs> jobs not don't come with a pension. That's yeah. done. Yeah, that done. is done. Yeah. Um, and then, what was it, 74%, okay, three-quarters of American companies plan to offer hybrid work, which, you know, is wonderful. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, this whole notion of not having to go into an office or an, into a workplace is, is now pretty much part of um, the this, this standard operating procedure in, in workplaces, which I, I think Except is good. Except Martha Stewart. What, yeah, she, she, she come to she come posted, in? She's yeah, very she opposed to remote she's work. She's very opposed yeah. to it. And in Manhattan, they just recently celebrated... Um, a return to 50% occupancy mm -hmm. in, in commercial buildings. buildings. Yeah, yeah. So it's still, you know, in major city, cities, it's still a, a preoccupation for employers that they're paying for all of this real estate and rent, and they want the bodies in there working right. to justify They'll it. They'll have to convert. So then if those statistics play out, what happens to all of that real estate? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it becomes housing. Piece. Affordable housing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The other yeah. piece, like you mentioned, um, that this is like, if this actually holds true for 20, there's like so many like things in, about our attitudes towards work that have to change along with it, right? Like, um, they're city, 19th century yeah, ideas, but like city government, right? Like most of the municipal unions that just signed contracts have negotiated for one remote day, which is like basically unheard of, right? For um, administration, one day, just one. But wow. that's a bit. I mean, I think yeah, people are taking lot. that as a massive yeah. win because yeah. because it's been so no way, Jose, right? Yeah. Um, but on the on the flip side of that. Um, the other thing that happens is like if the mandate is to work 35 hours and you've worked 35 hours by Thursday, people still don't have the, I want to say percep uh, permission or like the attitude where they won't not go to work the next day, despite the fact that they've already oh. reached their hours. Because it's just, there's just something that's been drilled into your head. Like you need to be at work for X, Y, Z days. Unless... It's, it's blatantly said, by the way, we're only working Monday to Thursday, this and everybody's off. You know, mm -hmm. like we're on a four, a, an official 4-3. But some of those mechanisms exist, but there's a lot of resistance from people to actually embrace it because of decades-old ideas about what work should look like. Right. And so, Societal like, if we norms, get to right? 2030, yeah. it's going to have to be, you know one person who does the annoying thing <laughs> and then becomes the accepted thing, right? right. Like, that's kind yeah. of how it has to change. Right. But you don't want to be the only one who does the no-show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 right, right, right. But yeah. The, I mean, this is like what, yeah. what actually yeah. happens. Like, yeah. you, you push the envelope, you push the envelope, and then and then if somebody calls you out, you're like, well, what do you mean? I, you know, I did what I was supposed to do. What, what am I missing right. here? But it's still the perception, like, well, you should have been there. You right. know, and that that stuff. It's hard to pieces. change the mindset. Yeah, it's very hard. It's, it's kind of like sexism hard. and ageism. Yeah. Kind of. But yeah. also, you know, everybody has uh, access to email and access to text 24 yeah. hours a day. Yeah. And that wasn't the norm, yeah. right? Yeah. So now, technically, okay, you could work three days on, on the clock or four days on the clock. But you're really always on the clock right. in a way because you're always tied to your device. Yeah. And you should sort of be. You should be answering your emails on the weekend, maybe a little bit. We were not talking about that, right? And that is for you to Gen Z. I know. No, Gen Z There's got to no be compromise yeah. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been a good discussion. Um, I had one, but we'll save it. You can see my tweets. I tweet about the financial sector all the time. And just, I think, reporters who are reporting on the financial sector think you should report the truth and not necessarily things that are not happening. So that would be 
I'll leave it there. It's big. I'm very descriptive in my tweets. <laughs> Suspense. <laughs> we have to go to the next one. And Thanks, then, everyone, for listening, watching. We will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to The Five of Us. We want to hear from you with any questions, ideas, or suggestions for future discussions. Just write to us at the email you see here, and we will be eager to help. Talk to you next time.